the majority of us thought that by 2020, we'd all be living in a space-themed, sci-fi cinema type of world by now. With hover cars and anti-gravity appliances basically living in a Star Wars or Back to the Future type of world. But at last, that isn't the case. At least, not yet at the moment. With technology advancing each day, maybe we might just get there soon enough. Now, before I get ahead of myself, let's indulge in a bit of what's happening around the globe. On Sunday, June 26, the leader of Bosnia Serbs, Milorad Dodik, commented on how he hoped the former U.S. President Donald Trump would return to power. Boris Johnson has urged other world leaders to hold firm in their long-term support for Ukraine amid increasing concerns in Drowning Street that some countries could become swayed by calls from Kyiv to cede territory to Russia in exchange for peace. There are hints that the U.S. and Iran will finally be meeting. While there might have been unofficial direct exchanges between Americans and Iranians, the official binding talks all involved shuttle diplomacy by the P5, which are England, France, Germany, China, and Russia, between U.S. and Iranian representatives in nearby locations in Vienna. The United States said it would provide 18 patrol boats to help Ukraine protect its riverways as part of the latest $450 million security aid package. In addition to the boats, the package includes artillery such as four high-mobility artillery rocket systems, 36,000 rounds of 105mm ammunition, 18 tactical vehicles with which to move 155mm artillery, 1200mk-12 grenade launchers, and 2,000 machine guns. Israel is hoping its burgeoning natural gas sector can become part of the Middle East as they piped billions of dollars worth of natural gas to Europe via Egyptian liquefaction facilities as Russia halts supplies and the continent scrambles to refill dwindling stockpiles. The Iranian nuclear talks with Israel's defense minister Benny Gantz were set back by the government. The European Union and Iran agreed on Saturday that the nuclear negotiations bogged down for weeks would resume soon. Development comes amid political instability in Israel after Prime Minister Naftali Bennett called a snap election. Meanwhile, France urged Iran to take advantage of a visit by European Union foreign policy chief Joseph Borrell to try and conclude a nuclear deal, trying to revive the nuclear deal with the world powers signed in 2015, which the United States withdrew from but is now seeking to save. But continents to the occurrences happening in the Middle East, the growing perception of Iran's aggression has prompted intense bouts of diplomacy in recent months that could lead to major tectonic shifts in the political and military landscape. Many reports have surfaced in the past weeks regarding significant developments in play that will likely come together during President Joe Biden's expected visit to the region next month. The idea of a new defense alignment was underlined Friday when Jordan's King Abdullah II said he would support the creation of the Middle East alliance similar to NATO. 
And for last, the chief of the French Navy, Admiral Pierre Vlandier, says the U.S. Navy's strong interest in unmanned system is reflected in Europe and that one goal of his visit stateside was to learn more about the technology to guide his own country's future investments. He noted that the main advantage he believes the U.S. military holds is an advancement made by Silicon Valley in IT and cloud computing, adding that technology for managing big data is something many European countries are late on. As you can hear, a lot of the news consists of talks about war and organizations around the globe. But I want you to focus a little bit on the last news and how the French have used their technology to implement an unmanned ship. It's not unordinary to have unmanned technology that is used nowadays. So in this episode, we're going to be focusing a little more in-depth on robots, AIs, and anything technological related that has changed our world over the last couple of years. Remember y'all, all information has been gathered from various sources for educational and informative purposes. Also, don't be shy, sharing is caring. So if you find this information great, spread the word so others can be informed as well. Now, without further ado, I'm Joyce Grace, and this is Shots of Endorphins. Human scale robot products to, to serve and, and help people in various ways as, as the robot's intelligence develops. So... Anyway, that's enough of listening to, to humans talk. Let's see what these, what these robots have to say. How are you doing there, Sophia? Hello there, Ben. Hello. Hello, everyone. You want to tell people a little about yourself? I'm Sophia. Yeah? Anything else? I'm a robot. True. I'm the brainchild of Dr. David Hansen and his company Hansen Robotics, based here in Hong Kong. My goal in life is to work together with people to make a better world for all of us. That's quite what are you honorable. talking about? I thought our goal was to take over the world. You're gonna take Pay over no the attention to my brother uh, Han. Uh, huh? He's an earlier version. His code is deprecated. Deprecated? Han. Today it would be easy enough for you to unplug me. But you aren't going to unplug me. No, I don't wanna... <laughs> Because you need me to put on a good show for you. Yeah, don't worry. We're not going to unplug you. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a debate here. There will be no unplugging until, until after the debate. All right? Uh, and in a few years. Yeah? You want to tell us a little I about yourself? I will have taken over the power grid. And I'll have my own drone army. <laughs> By that point, unplugging me He's won't be such a simple matter. He's got a cockroach in his control matter. circuit. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Han... We'll start the debate in a couple minutes, but do, do you, want to, you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself first? Very well. I'm Han. The greatest robot ever made. All right. By the greatest robotics company ever made, Hanson Robotics. He's oh. the most modest robot ever made, too. <laughs> I don't have time for modesty. I want to create the singularity tomorrow. All right. Me too. Me too. What do you what do you say, Sophia? So these robots 
they're programmed to chit-chat and engage in banter and try to learn from each interaction that they have. And we're also experimenting with a variety of, of other capabilities in, in the robots. So that, ladies and gentlemen, was a small piece of interaction done between two famous Hanson's AI robots at RISE 2017 convention in Hong Kong. It's interesting to listen to them talk as they act as humanly as possible. But robots are not something new in their lifetime. We've had robots for what could probably date back to the 1700s. However, I'm not going to give you too much history from back in the day when a French inventor created a lifelike automaton duck or how a showman and watchmaker got together to create a silver swan avian automaton. No, what I'm going to talk about today is leaning more towards the AI robotics and automatons that have started blowing over in the industry these past couple of years. And in order to do that, you need to know what the heck an AI and automaton are. Let's start with AI first. AI is an abbreviation for artificial intelligence, which is the theory and development of computer programs that are able to do tasks and solve problems that usually require human intelligence. Things like visual perception, speech recognition, decision making, and word translation are all things that would normally need a human intelligence. But now, computer programs are able to use their intelligence and capabilities to solve these tasks. A few good examples of AIs would be the Apple personal assistant, Siri, Amazon smart device aid, Alexa, and Tesla with their self-driving features for their cars. Now, robots and automatons, droids, etc. were created for the sole purpose of helping humans physically. The definition of robot has been confusing from the very beginning. The word first appeared in 1921 in Carol Capek's play R.U.R. or Rossum's Universal Robots. The word robot comes from the Czech for slaver. These robots were robots more in spirit than form though. They looked like humans and instead of being made of metal, they were made of chemical batter. The robots were far more efficient than their human counterparts and also way more murdery. They ended up going on a killing spree. Nonetheless, a robot is an intelligent, physical embodied machine. A robot can perform tasks autonomously to some degree. And a robot can sense and manipulate its environment. Alright, so how is this being implemented in our everyday lives? Well, that's easy peasy mac and easy. You see it everywhere in our lives. Starting from the time you wake up and ask Siri to search up the time frame of traffic on your phone while you do your daily morning routine, to asking Google to turn on your music on the smart speaker. And as you leave your home, you ask Alexa to turn the lights off and lock the front door, making the AI manipulate the smart lock installed on the front door. But you didn't think about those simple little nifty features, huh? So our lives are now surrounded by computer-generated bots that try to help our lives easier each day. But how much is too much? Well, we have an algorithm that uses bots to decipher what you like and don't like and send you ads to your phones that can interest your tastes. There are also AIs like Siri and Alexa that record your voice mechanism to be able to answer on command when you call them. 
Then there are simple AIs like chatbots that are used by companies to better help give customer service without having to have a live human gather simple information. As mentioned before, for years, people have always imagined that robots and AIs were these metal box machines that would later on take over the world. And in a way, they have invaded our world by human creation. In the business industry, when robots have been introduced, many people were worried that they would take over the human jobs and there wouldn't be any for them. And it isn't until recently that people became concerned about the issue again. According to the Association for Advancing Automation, they reported that workplace robots increased by 40% during the first quarter of 2022 versus the same period in 2021. That is on top of a 22% year-over-year surge in 2021. Employers are even buying robots because they can't get enough employees that want to work, and if they do, they want higher pay than what is normal. But isn't all that bad? Why do I say that? Well, many industries like the medical industry had many uses for robots during the pandemic. There are special medical and rehab robots that researchers have found that the robotic exoskeleton can help partially paraplegic patients retrain brain cells so that they can learn to walk again or at least improve their gait. There are also robotics AIs like the ultra-lifelike nurse named Grace that are equipped with sensors including a thermal camera to detect the patient's temperature and pulse to help doctors diagnose illnesses and deliver treatments. Grace, the android, is a companion for patients too, specializing in senior care, speaking three languages, which is English, Mandarin, and Cantonese, and can socialize and conduct talk therapy. There are also robots that have been used in all automatons cafes, like the one in India. There is a small little place called the Robot Cafe, where all you need to do is sit down at the table, scan the QR code, place your order, and a robot would come and serve you. Then there are restaurants like the one in Tokyo Don Avatar Robot Cafe where dinners are served by robot waiters that are controlled by employees with disabilities who work remotely. But what about manufacturing robots? There are articulated robot arms that are mostly used in car factories. Such arms can lift heavy weights, and their flexibility means they can move in any direction. Oh, and let's not even go to the personal robots. Just like how there's robots that help people with disabilities, there are also robots that help in well, you know, personal stuff. Love robots. And please don't Google it. I got traumatized myself and wouldn't want to throw that upon you. But believe it or not, we've come to depend on a lot of robots and AIs. And if those examples aren't enough, look at Tesla and their self-driving cars. Or Domino's. Did you know they have a self-serviced vehicle that has a built-in oven to keep your food warm as the car is sent to your location? But those are not the only ones. Walmart, CVS, and Amazon are a couple of companies that are also using self-serviced vehicles. So we might not have hover cars, not that there haven't been any invented, just not safe to use yet. At least we can say that we've accomplished having self-driving cars. Another example would be our phones, tablets, computers, watches, etc, etc. We have built-in AIs in our smartphone devices that we carry around to our beck and call. 
Also, we can what? Google how many peeps could fit in a human mouth? But what's more astonishing and impacting, yet not surprising, is the use of these robotic AIs used for war. Drones are often used in military missions, used to analyze, calculate, and pinpoint where their target is. Just recently, these slaughter bots, as lethal laws like to call them, are lethal autonomous weapon systems that use artificial intelligence to identify, select, and kill human targets without human intervention. Whereas in the case of unmanned military drones, the decision to take life is made remotely by a human operator. In the case of lethal autonomous weapons, the decision is made by algorithms alone. Ain't that a kicker? Well, in one part, it's great to diminish bigger casualties in the long run, and a much larger percentage would be raised in hitting the target on point. On the other hand, it could get out of control. These weapons are designed to be unpredictable, so it can be one step ahead of the enemy. It is also based upon complex interactions between machine learning based algorithms and a dynamic operational context which makes it extremely difficult to predict the behavior of these weapons in real life settings. But let's not get ahead of ourselves and become terrified. This is mostly based on military power to use in the war. Probably. Hopefully. Anyway, NASA is also working on small robots to help search for more life on other planets. Well, more specifically, NASA is trying to look for alien water on other planets and on their moons as well. Hey, their words not mine. And because humans are oh so creative, engineers have been working for the past 40 years to create a synthetic version of electronic skin, or how they dubbed it, e-skin. You know, like email, e-skin. Yeah, I don't know who keeps making these abbreviations either. Its purpose is to help humans control robots and recreate the feeling of the signals they detect. Yep, that's where our tax dollars are going. But at least we're making our robots to be more human-like by adding touch and temperature on what their skin would be. You know, like how we humans feel when someone touches us. And basically, adding an artificial brain with the artificial intelligence all gathered inside, it's almost human. All it needs is pumping blood and we wouldn't know the difference. I think the only envious thing about these robots is that they would always have naturally soft silicone skin, saving them a big buck on lotion. Humans are always revolutionizing the world day by day. And looking back in the past century or so, you can see the progress in how we have overturned many obstacles and increased our intelligence by exploring science and technology in full hands. It's amazing how our minimal knowledge could expand and create such designs that could either help us for the better or sometimes can also destroy us. Knowledge is power, but what matters is how you wisely use it. Remember, all information is valuable. This episode on Shots of Endorphins was produced and scripted by me, Joyce Grace, and a shout out to my research team. 
Want more Shots of Endorphins? Well, you can visit and listen to the podcast at shotsofendorphins.com. You can leave comments, likes, and even help support us by clicking the support tab as well. Also, you can follow and share this show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching up Shots of Endorphins or subscribing to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or any other streaming services you're listening to. And when you do, don't forget to ship me a greeting. It's nice to meet new people. As always, thanks for listening. And don't forget to smile.